My name is Amanda Van Annen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Join me and my co-hosts Betsy Zane and Sophia Brad as we pierce beyond the beauty myth and get face to face with reality. Highs and lows of fashion to the challenges of motherhood, the traumas of life, heartbreak of relationships gone wrong, and how to find purpose and discover your true authentic self. Welcome to episode one the road less traveled. As this is our flagship episode, we wanted to discuss our various journeys to finding happiness, contentment, purpose, and a more fulfilling life. One thing that came to mind is that this is all a journey and everyone has a different path to finding who they are and becoming the best possible version of themselves. In today's show, we talk about life journeys to where we are now and delve into career, family, love and finding ourselves. It will give you a look into getting to know who we are, where we're from, and what stories we have to tell. The title of this episode, The Road Less Traveled, was especially chosen to highlight the complexities sometimes involved in life's journey to finding true fulfillment and happiness. Sometimes happiness and peace of mind can come at a cost and not everyone is willing to change. Though it may bring them happiness, Change can sometimes come at a cost, which may be painful, but the result of developing your full potential is totally worth it. The road less traveled is how we can live a more fulfilling life by practicing discipline and developing a better understanding of love, religion, and grace. Hopefully, by the end of this podcast, you can be more inspired and leave with practical solutions that will help you change your life. Sophia, In talking about the road less traveled, let's hear a bit more about your journey to where you are now. Thank you, Amanda. I am a person, I'm a girl that was born in Eastern Europe in the 80s, didn't have a hard life because I was born as an only child and literally living my best life, being completely loved by my parents, by my grandparents, but yet I have struggled with my body image because I was always like a little bit of a, on the chunkier side, let's put it that way. And even that little small thing that is probably not a big deal at all was brought to my attention as something that was undesired and unwanted. So at an early age, about 12, I started feeling like I might not fit in completely. And I was being bullied at school. It wasn't like a really harsh bullying, but it was enough for me to start developing some sort of insecurity. And all of these things were kind of heightened at the situation at home where my dad kind of wanted me to maybe probably lose some weight for my own benefit. And the way that he was going about it wasn't really helping. So at the early age of 12, I started developing some unhealthy relationship with food, like finding comfort at sweets and things that probably weren't helping very much. There was tensions in the household brought up by this. The only comfort I kind of had was with my grandmother because I didn't feel very judged in her household. So I would spend all of my weekends and all of my summer holidays at my maternal grandmother's house. 
where literally everything went by whatever I wanted it, which worked really well for my personality. And by the age of 19, I decided there's something I really want to do with my life. And I didn't see how I'm going to do that in the country where I come from. So I decided to move to New York. It was a very sudden decision, girl from small town in Eastern Europe going to New York and such. It was a hard journey. And I've traveled a lot. I've lived there for a year. And then I've lived in Prague, in Czech Republic for two years. Now, and then Ireland for five years. I cut the long story short, I ended up in London. I came to London to visit my friends. But I completely fell in love with this city because it offered enormous potential It was around 2013 when plus-size modeling was kind of like starting to be like a big thing. And funnily enough, I came to watch a fashion show just for a two-week visit with my friend. And I ended up falling in love with London as such and ended up staying here, landing a job as a makeup artist like I've always wanted for so many years. And then the road to modeling just kind of opened out of nowhere. And from a person that came to watch a fashion show, a plus-size fashion show, I ended up being one of the models walking that fashion show the following year. And my whole career started out of there. And then falling in love and having my first proper relationship, everything kind of just add up and heightened the sense of me belonging into this wonderful city. I still have struggled with body image as such, but the fact that there was so much potential for me finding my way through London and getting into the right circles and basically landing one job after another has really helped me with my confidence. And now me having an Instagram following that is purely based around body positivity and loving ourselves the way we are and embracing people and mostly women, I would say, who kind of find their own pathway to loving themselves gives me so much strength and so much like feeling of accomplishment that I can help somebody else on their journey. That's how I feel like I've came to actually meeting you guys and being part of this podcast and just being able to offer some of my life lessons to our listeners through the journey that I've gone through. And I can't wait to see what it has to offer in the coming months or years as such. So yeah, that's in a nutshell about me. What about you, Betsy? Yes, well, um, as you know, I'm a professional model and I've been working in the industry now for about just, you know, over 17 years. But I can say that my journey hasn't always been a smooth or glamorous one, so many people might think. I remember going back to, you know, like you were saying, Sophia, as a child, I grew up, you know, as a young child, not feeling loved and unwanted and appreciated. I was always told from early on that I was too tall, I was too skinny, I was too ugly. So I think my journey began when I removed myself from that environment and I realized that there was a bigger picture out there, that there was a world to see, there was things to do. So that said, you know, maybe I'll tell you a bit about myself, you know, and my experiences. My name is Amanda Van Annen. I'm a producer. I produce movies, reality shows, talk shows. I'm also an actress. I've been a model in the past. I'm a published author because I like writing. You know, when it comes to writing, I think when I start talking about childhood, 
writing was my first form of escapism because I used to write. I used to write stories. So growing up, I had an abusive father who was very, very abusive. You know, my parents divorced when I was probably, I didn't even remember my parents ever together, but I kind of remember them together. And my earliest memory of my mother and father was of my mother holding a knife to my father. And I think I must have been probably maybe no older than three or two, because that's how little it was. I don't remember. And my father, as I grew older, I realized he was an alcoholic. He was paranoid schizophrenic, bipolar, because one minute he could be the best father in the world. And the next minute he would just turn into a monster and he would like go in this rage and hit everyone and be physically abusive. So that's how I grew up. And I remember as a child, all I could think of was the day I would leave home. You know what I mean? And that was my joy. So I used to write and I feel like writing was a form of healing for me because it was my form of escapism. And I just wanted to do something different. You know, I wanted to go out there. And one thing my father had always told me is, you would never be able to do it. You're not going to become anything. Even though I came from an accomplished family and everyone was really accomplished, my father was going through mental issues. And this bipolar disorder, as a child, I felt rather confused and conflicted because this is a person that really loves you, but yet they can be so abusive. My mother, in fact, was never really in touch. I mean, she was in touch. She'd come and see me. I'd spend holidays with her. But she kind of lived her own life, which later I found out why she did that. And she took her decisions, which will also bring us to a show further down the line where we talk about the decisions we'll make and how it affects generations or our children. So my mother liked to have a good time. She, you know, she was a very happy person and probably liked alcohol a bit too much herself. But she wasn't ever abusive or hit me or anything. So my mother became the one solace in my life that was very loving and caring. And even though she wasn't the perfect mother, she provided as much as she could. My grandmother, on the other hand, was like the rock. She was the one that gave me all the love and everything. Now, soon after I left home, I met a makeup artist called Susie Solace at the gym who scouted me and said, I could be a model. She told me I would make easy money and I would have a dream life. <laughs> I really wish that was true <laughs> because the dream life perhaps in modeling is how you look at it, but the easy money is definitely not easy because it took a while, you know, to get my career going. And I must say, which I'm sure Betsy's familiar with as well, when we first started modeling, when I first started modeling, people of color were not in fashion at all. So it wasn't the norm to hire that many black girls. I remember Naomi Campbell was the big model then. And, you know, you'd go to castings and they would tell you, no black girls, please. That was their thing. Or I told the agency not to send me any black models. So you can imagine what that did to a young adolescent growing up. So I got into this modeling career trying to, you know, here I came from, being suppressed. And then I come into the world thinking, yes, I'm going to live. I'm going to do all my dreams and aspirations and things are going to come true. And all of a sudden, 
you're in this career where people are actually killing your dreams. You're working with bookers and agents that are just interested in making money out of you. You're meeting clients that are not interested in booking you because of your race. So that was the first time in my life I actually, you know, because even though I came from this very complex childhood, I was never depressed or anything like that. But I feel like the modeling thing was the first time in my life where I came close and personal with just prejudice and all these things, weight, height, color, hair, no hair, and all that type of stuff. And all of a sudden you realize no one is standing up for you. And I was a really shy, you know, teenager at that point. But one thing I did have in me was tenacity. So, and I was lucky enough to have been introduced to Buddhism by another model who was my roommate actually. And I started practicing a chanting meditation. And that chanting meditation kind of helped me a lot in like determining and focusing on my future and helping me realign my purpose. So with the meditation, I discovered self-discipline. I discovered a purpose for living. And that's basically my story. And eventually I found who I really am, which we're all going to talk about a bit later. But back to you, Betsy. Hi, yes. Um, as you all know that I'm a professional model, still current within the industry. But my journey getting there was also not a smooth one. I remember, you know, as a young child that from a very early age, I was bullied. And that went through into my teenage years. And that left me feeling very unsure of myself, very insecure, and feeling unvalued, not loved, not worthy. So I can honestly say when I look back at my childhood that I had a very loving childhood. I came from a family and parents were extremely loving and a very stable background. But besides having that, I still was left with a void in my life because of the fact that this bullying continued through many years of my life. So therefore, I started to think about what can I do? How can I change my life? Because, you know, when you get to a teenage years, you, you need to, you start to want to find a place in society. So therefore, I threw myself into sports. So I did every sports that you could possibly think about. I did, you know, played netball, football. And for me, it was a place where I could express myself, where, you know, I could feel wanted and have some sort of approval. From there, I think... What I did was I read many books. I threw myself into reading, into meditation. And I think I remember back in those days, I read the book, The Seven Spiritual Laws to Success, The Alchemist, and books like that, and books about self-esteem and awareness. And I think being insecure and being a teenager, I was a bit of a dreamer. I was very much a dreamer. I had dreams of traveling the world and just living a life outside of the experiences that I had already had. So I think that was the time, the part in my life where I began to develop. I began to have courage to be able to stand up for myself, to live the dreams that I wanted to do and live, the, live my dreams. I then fell into modeling through uh, my hairdresser, Terry Jacks. I mean, it was something that I would always, you know, watch on TV, watch. And as Amanda said, Naomi Campbell was the top model at the time. But 
I never thought that it would ever be possible. But through my hairdresser, Terry Jacks, he introduced me to my agent, which was Annette Russell at the time, so damn tough. And I began on a career in modeling. Now, you probably you may be asking, how can somebody who I mentioned before that was very shy and introvert then become a model? Well, I tell you, I think that was a part where I challenged myself. It was a time where I could, like I said, be seen. And a time where I think I just found myself again. It was a time where I could express, you know, I could be on the runway, walk the catwalks and feel good about myself. So my journey began when I was able to remove myself from my situation and the things that didn't serve me and the people that didn't serve me. And yeah, that was it for me. I think that that was where my journey as a model began. That's where I started to understand and, and know who I am and love who I am. I know that I had a purpose and a place in this world, whatever it may be. I think, you know, as people, we all have a place in this world and we almost believe that our purpose is here and to serve ourselves and also others. So saying that, Sophia, I'm going to throw this question wide open because one of the things we learn, you know, you know, like Betsy was talking there about learning to love oneself and breaking up past relationships, you know, that do not serve one. But one thing on the road less traveled, because the title of the episode is The Road Less Traveled, and it's about the journey of self-realization and learning to love yourself and embrace yourself with ugly, good, bad, ugly and all, and becoming the best possible version of yourself. So one thing I want to talk about is what brought you on this journey and why so many people refuse to face the complex reality of finding themselves through a spiritual process or through personal development? Well, thank you, Amanda. Um, I think one very important lesson in my life was realizing that life happens for you and not against you. Once I realized that I am on this earth and on this planet and in this life and in this form for a reason, particularly to learn so much, like there's potential to learn absolutely everything and it's opening up for you. You just need to be aware and listen and have your eyes open. I started going on the spiritual journey. I think I was about 24 years old when I started meditation and started looking at life slightly different and started the journey towards self-love. It was a very painful realization at first because I have gone through some struggles of finding my way back to a relationship with my dad because, as I've mentioned earlier, he was one of the people that kind of bullied me in a sense and made me feel inadequate and not good enough and these things which down the line I've forgiven him for because I realized that was all down to the fact that that was his way of trying to help me have a happier and more successful life. As, as weird as it might sound to some of our listeners, it is the truth that 
people that are in your life, such as parents, they do love you. They show you their love in the way that they can show you this love. And for me, it was this way. And it was a little bit of a harder way to kind of like getting in tune with myself and starting to love myself. But once I got on that journey and started realizing that indeed I am good enough and I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of love from the opposite sex and I can have a functional relationship and I can love and I can be loved at the same time. That little turnover was so miraculous for me. And it all came down to the fact that I actually started reading books about spirituality and how to find your true purpose and how to know yourself internally. And then I started healing all these wounds that I had from my childhood, feeling abandoned, feeling not wanted, feeling that there's something wrong with me. Once I started healing all these really, really deep-rooted issues and hurts and pain, that's when I started going on the journey of self-love, self-acceptance, then starting to realize that I can make a difference for someone else in this world. And that just got me really hyped for this whole journey and thinking that, yes, if I do certain steps and if I heal this part of my past and if I make peace with the people that have hurt me, or like I felt that whatever happened has really hurt me. Once I healed all of these wounds, I can then set off on another journey by leading as an example for women, men, teenagers, young adults to know how to get to that point where you actually are like, yes, I am enough. And with me saying, yes, I'm enough, that is such a strong, powerful sentence. And I feel... It actually makes me quite emotional when I say this. I just feel that a lot of people feel inadequate these days because of all the social media and everything that we are exposed to right now. Because if we don't look a certain way or if we don't have a certain job and if we don't own certain things in life, all materialistic, you know, you could start feeling all sorts of ways because of the peer pressure or the pressure from social media. But scratch all of that and put that aside and then just see you as yourself you have air in your lungs you can breathe you have food to eat you have a roof over your head you wake up in the morning with a full day ahead of you there's so many things you can be grateful for and these simple acts of gratitude and simple prayers of gratitude have pushed me on a completely different journey so I think it always boils down to being grateful for your life and to realizing that yes no matter what is going on in your life no matter what difficult task is in front of you you are ultimately enough and you're good enough you're pretty enough you're smart enough you're beautiful enough you're young enough or old enough or whatever you want to think about you are enough in the whole essence and there's nothing wrong with you. But once I realize all of this, then I can get on the journey and start to, I don't want to say preach, but I start to kind of like teach 
people that were on the similar journey to me and want to learn a little bit more about self-love. And that's when I started doing all of the body positivity stuff on my Instagram, making sure that women, whatever age, size, race, height, would feel that it is okay to look whatever way you look. It is perfectly fine the way you are. If there's things that you want to work on, like you want to study or you want to make yourself better in certain ways, you can do all of these things, but through deeper understanding of love. Thank you, Sophia. Well said. Betsy, the question we're asking is about this journey, which I call the road less traveled and why so many people do not want to take that road because they feel like if they take that road less traveled, they have to face themselves. Because sometimes in order to be able to change, you have to face yourself first. So what are the reasons you think? And after this, we're going to go to the solutions. I think that, you know, so many people choose to stay away because of fear, criticism, and resentment and guilt. I think you know, people must take the courage to be able to look deep within themselves and to see which category they fall in to be able to find a solution. I think it's about working on letting go and knowing what's holding you back and to be able to make a start to making a change into living your best life and your authentic self. I believe that maybe we can make these changes by being very aware of the language that you use by speaking maybe positive words and affirmations throughout your day and just having the determination and the courage to address these situations and look at, into creating and living your best life and being your authentic self. I also believe that, you know, in order to overcome such things, you should be able to practice self-discipline, be honest with yourself and also through reflection. It takes a lot of discipline and courage to be able to reach this point, but it's a journey worth fighting for. So Betsy, thank you for those notes. That was really good. Any more notes? So, you know, one of the things like I heard people talking about, you know, and a lot of times when people are talking about this journey, a lot of times it's about facing yourself. And a lot of people in life are scared to face themselves. Facing yourself, sometimes in life, you know something's wrong. You can't put your finger on it, but you want to change something about your life. And something is pushing you there, but you just can't face it. And sometimes other people, it reminds them of things they don't want to remind. It reminds them about their childhood or it brings back past memories. Because on the road less traveled is a road of spiritual, psychological, physical and personal change into being the best version of yourself. Some people may feel that they can never make it or come out. And then a lot of people have limiting beliefs that are eating out of them. And they're constantly being stunted by those limiting beliefs. Now, one of the practical solutions I would say, and which I get from a lot of people, is always take one day at a time. One of the things I learned from spirituality is try and live in the moment because the moment is now. So even when you're dealing with life and there's a lot coming up for you psychologically, just breathe in, take a deep breath and try and just be in the moment you are now. And don't forget, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to be consistent 
and you always have to push forward. Now, one of the things like childhood traumas or when you're trying to change is sometimes we go back to our self-destructive behavior because that is where we're comfortable. So a lot of times people end going back to the ways they used to behave before because it makes them feel comfortable and they don't realize that, you know, sometimes you just got to push beyond the boundaries, which is exactly why a lot of people do not even go into personal development or transformation. I feel from my perspective and my own experience, sometimes people don't want to start this journey or are hesitant to get on this journey of self-exploring and getting on the right path. It's because obviously the past that has happened to you and the circumstances that were quite painful, they're still really painful and raw to revisit. So why would you want to go on and dig deeper? Now, what I had to understand through a painful realization and a deep meditation is that Yes, you have to go there. You have to dig deeper. You have to face your fears repeatedly in order to make them easier on you or for you to learn stuff from them. So, for example, let me give you just like a quick example. We've talked about people bullying you. We've all had some form of bullying, some shape or form of bullying in our childhood, teenage years, even in our adult years. So there was this boy when I was, let's say, 12 at school who would say really hurtful things to me, called me all sorts of names, and then, you know, I just had to go with it and roll with the punches. So fast forward about 12, maybe 15 years, I'm in like mid-20s, almost 30. I go back to my hometown to visit during the summer, and this boy has developed into a young man, well, obviously I'm a young woman and he owned one of the bars or uh, pubs in my hometown. So I go in there, obviously exploring the bar and stuff. And then he comes up to me offering to buy me a drink. And then he just looks me in the eye and says, I am really sorry for how I behaved towards you when I was young. I said, okay, I accept the apology, not a problem. Let him buy me a drink. That the most painful thing happened the day following after that, when I woke up in the morning and I was putting on a dress and I looked at myself in the mirror and I just burst out crying. That experience of how much he's hurt me and the words that he said to me in the past have resurfaced up again, but I've greeted these feelings and these words with open arms and said, I am willing to let this go and forgive him and forgive myself for holding on to this hurt for so long. Now, I have relived that pain of that little girl, the young girl that has happened to me. I literally felt the pain on that spot in my house 15 years later. I relived that pain and let it go. And ever since that moment, that pain and that whatever relationship or whatever stuff that he said was triggering in me has stopped. That trigger was no longer a trigger anymore. I have successfully healed it. Now, it is not usually a process of one meditation or one letting go, but if you have the fear in front of you and you literally try to deal with it in that given moment, 
that presents itself to you, that's when you know that you're growing, that you're getting on that path, that you're clearing out all the things that have usually caused you so much pain and you didn't know what to do with it, but to shut down and like go in your shell and not trying to deal with it and just like put things under the carpet like a lot of people do. Once you face your fears, the whole new path opens to you. It is a not a pleasant journey in any way. It is a lot of fear conquering and a lot of work, but it is so rewarding in the end because you are growing spiritually and you're getting on that right journey. And that's why it's called the path less traveled because a lot of people decide to not to face their fears, decide to be like, yeah, that's really bad. I don't want to talk about it. But once you actually do it, then there will be other stuff that's going to resurface that will be still painful, but it will be easier every single time because you have slowly and gradually healed your past. Thank you for that, Sophia. Betsy, any tidbits? Yes, I think, uh, I, you know, going to take up from what Sophia was saying is that, you know, it is a lot to do with fear. And I think there are other emotions that also come into that, such as guilt, resentment, and criticism, being afraid of being criticized. I think that was has been, I think I fall into two categories and one of them is fear and also being criticized. Like you said, it is a difficult journey to take because you do relive certain emotions. Even now, like it really touched home to me or Sophia when you said that, you know, you were living your childhood moments, you know, and as we speak about this, there's a lot of emotion, like for me now coming to the surface, but it is important to take that challenge and to really fight through it because it is a journey, definitely, like you said, worth making. It will be rewarding for you in the long run and will place you exactly where you want to be. Thank you very much, Betsy. That was really, really insightful. So what I've been hearing from Sophia and Betsy and what I've been saying is that the reason a lot of people do not want to go on this journey is because it is so raw. It digs up the very inside of you and brings you face to face with your, you know, reality. And sometimes emotional trauma of childhood or relationships can be very hard to relive. But part of the reason it's hard for us to relieve is because of the limiting beliefs we normally have about ourselves and about the environment around us. So what we're doing here is we're trying to build you building blocks. Over the next few podcasts, we're going to be giving you different building blocks you can use in your life to help you find your true authentic self. So one of the things I, I one of the building blocks is spirituality. We talked about that because Another building block is reading. Read lots of books. Now, I discovered an app about three, four months ago called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Now, what Blinkist is, is you can read any book you want, but they have a short version. So you can read a book in 20 minutes. You can read as many books as you want, but they've condensed them into 20, 15 to 20 minutes, maximum 30 minute reads. And what I've been doing is trying to read a book a day. So you can read any book. It takes 20 minutes. You can be sitting at the doctor's, you'll read the whole book. And it's one of the best things I've found because you can inspire yourself daily. And one thing about personal development is whether it's a mentor 
or books or spirituality, it needs to be consistent. You need to be consistent because otherwise the fear will take you over because fear is real. Fear is you're already recreating a future that doesn't exist, thinking everything's going to go wrong, that this is not going to happen. So this road of the road less traveled is a very, very difficult thing to do, but it is so rewarding in the end, as Betsy and Sophia have said. So that said, we would like to give you some practical tips, which I already started leading into, on how you can develop, you know, a life that you face your fears and you travel through it no matter what comes at you and you come out at the end shining as your true authentic self. Sophia, what tips do you have? Well, these are purely tips from my own experience. Just like you touched on, Amanda, I think it's really important to read books. Read books that can help you on your spiritual journey. Try to start a meditation, very simple guided meditations. If you don't know how to meditate, um, go on YouTube. There's a bunch of stuff that will help you get to the point. You can start with very simple meditations like body scans or breathing exercises just to ease your mind. Once you start learning, getting into that space, when everything starts moving, that really peaceful place in your meditation, you can then start dealing with heavier things. So yeah, my, my first advice is to read books and get into meditation. Try to work on the things that pressure you. Try to release every day's pressures. Like it could be a job, it could be a partner, it could be anything from your past. If you start actively working slowly and gradually through the things that still kind of cause you pain or make you upset or cause you anxiety. If you start releasing all of these negative feelings, that's when you start going onto that spiritual journey that takes you to another level after another level and to another level. And it's a never ending journey. I really cannot stress enough for everybody that's listening that this is a journey the destination doesn't really mean anything. You just really enjoy the journey. Learn every single day. There's so many things that you can learn. New pathways are going to open up to you once you start going on this fantastic journey. And it's not always easy, but it's so rewarding. I'm sure you girls can um, take on from this and like, say your experiences with it, but it is absolutely rewarding, at least for me and I know for the girls as well. And yeah, just hang in there, read books and start meditating. Those are my advices, my personal ones. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. And, and those are practices, uh, you know, that I do as well. And I'm sure Amanda does. We are all on this journey and we're trying to take you to a more meaningful and better path. I think for me, what I suggest and think is to be aware of the language that you use. And I believe in speaking positive words and affirmations into your life throughout the day. It's choosing the correct words that will give you inspiration, that will feed your soul. So, for example, I remember somebody saying to me once that, if somebody greets you and you say, how are you? I'm not bad. Rather say, I'm not bad. Change it into, I'm good, thank you. Be very aware that 
what you speak is what you create. So that for me, it's very important. Speak positive words and affirmations into your life. That was very insightful, ladies. You know, a lot of the things you talked about, I totally resonated with because that is exactly how it is. You know, life, it's to change oneself is very difficult because we're all used to our habits and our habits become our thoughts and our thoughts become our actions and our actions become our life and our reality. So it all starts from changing our habits and discipline plays a lot, you know, a big part. And also, I think one thing that people don't mention enough is finding a mentor. Mentors are very important. And a lot of parents don't think about it or stuff, but it's always good to find a mentor because when people are inspired by other people, apart from their parents, sometimes they rarely, rarely, rarely reach their full ultimate because they feel like someone else understands them. So mentorship is also very important because a lot of us don't have mentorship and we kind of navigate the road of life by ourselves trying to figure it out, you know, but sometimes when you have a mentor, you know, they kind of guide you and you take notes from them because they see it from a different perspective. They're not part of your family. They're not part of, you know, you're growing up. They are totally different. They're from the outside. So they have no agenda. And sometimes it helps you see clearer. I think the tips have been wonderful. Any rounding points? I think it's important to tell everybody that, you know, allow yourself to be flexible it doesn't have to be so rigid. You know, you'll make mistakes, you will fall off the track, but then remember it's okay to get back up and keep going. Yeah, just touching on what Betsy said, absolutely. We all fall off the track. That is not a problem. We all live very busy lives. We have things to take care of, jobs to do, kids to take care of. There's so many things in our everyday, today aspects. The most important thing is don't be harsh on yourself. If you feel like you've gone off the track, you can always find the way back. It's all given to you. You have abundance of spiritual energy around you, so you can always tap back into it. If you feel like you haven't meditated for a longer time, please just do the same meditation like you used to or get slowly back into it. You can always find a way back into it. And then gradually, the more you do it, the more it becomes a part of your life. And then you just start feeling a lot better once you meditate and once you are on your spiritual journey. You know, everybody's journey is completely different. There's not one person that has it the same way or experienced the same way. You are unique in every sense. You have a different journey to everybody else. It's very important to not to compare yourself to others' spiritual journey. Somebody becomes really spiritual and gets on a meditation journey or, and that self-exploring journey at a very young age because their parents have showed them how to do it. Some people do it at the young adult age. Some people don't start their spiritual journey until they're a lot older, like maybe 70 or maybe 60 years old. It is all unique. And I cannot stress enough that don't put too much pressure on yourself. Do everything at your own pace. If you can't meditate every day, that's perfectly fine. You will find your way, whatever works for you. Just try to learn how to be kind to yourself. That would be my last advice. Thanks, Sophia. One thing I noticed, you know, when we're talking about spirituality and a spiritual journey, 
and you know helping lead along the road less traveled is i wanted to say you know your spiritual journey doesn't necessarily have to be meditation that's what sophia uses that's what i use that's what betsy uses before i started meditation i used to chant as well some people it may be art it may be they just love to go in the wilderness and draw and something and that's their spiritual healing and through that they're beginning to discover a part of themselves never thought existed some people it's writing music some people it could be writing and you know it comes in all shapes and forms but it's about aligning whatever it is that makes you feel your true authentic self to your life's purpose and that is one of the most important things in it but also what even though we've been talking about all that one thing i realize we haven't talked about is social media and the effect it could have on your mental you know your mental health you have to be very aware when you're you know using social media or stuff like that that most of it is not reality it's augmented reality in a way so it's not real people are showing you their lives but they're not really living like that basically and it doesn't matter even if you're looking at kim kardashian kylie jenner whoever they are even they are posing all of us are just human beings living and existing a spiritual existence so I think social media also gets people depressed because they have the fear of missing out, FOMO. And, you know, you're not really missing out on anything because if you think about it, before social media existed, all these people were still in this world doing either the same thing or something else. It's just now people put it on camera, on film. So one always has to be aware of these things that influence us from the outside and when that happens, that's when you have to talk to yourself and say, what is going on inside me? Why am I feeling this way? Because then you realize that it's just an influence of something that just came from the outside. And that's not really you. Yeah. True. Before we round up. I really want to encourage everybody. Like I said before, try to not to compare yourself to other people. Your life is unique. Your talents are unique. You have a purpose that is unique to you. Nobody else can fulfill your purpose better than you because it is your purpose. Please revert inside rather than going outside and comparing yourself to people that their journey is completely different to yours. Whatever your journey is, whatever your purpose is, please be sure that is just for you and it's unique to you and you cannot go wrong. You cannot do it wrong. You, everything that you do, every single thing that you feel like it's a mistake, it's a lesson. Please try to be kind to yourself and accept lessons as they come at you and ask yourself, what is it that I need to learn from this? What is it that makes me feel like this is really difficult? What can I do to make it easier for myself? What should I learn that's all I would want every and every each and one of our listeners to understand. You cannot do your life wrong. It is your life, no matter what you do. There are lessons, there are blessings, there's things you need to learn. And you cannot do your life wrong, no matter what people say. And no matter what kind of society you grew up in, no matter what pressures that you might feel, you cannot do your life wrong. And want to end with. We want to encourage you to keep going on. Don't stop. Know that this is your journey. It's real. It's for you. 
and remember to live your best life always. Oh, thank you, ladies. That was so, 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 you know, informational. And I thought, think a lot of our listeners are definitely going to take away a lot from that. This whole purpose journey thing is something that is becoming really, as we go, like, especially with this currently, we're going through the COVID-19, everybody's staying at home for so long, and they're really discovering themselves and discovering things they didn't know about themselves. So be in contact, let us know what your purpose is and how you hope to become a better version of yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope some of this resonated with you and inspired you. Becoming the best version of yourself is never an easy road, but it can be done. The rewards are plenty. I hope our practical advice has really helped. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, if you have any questions. And our podcast it will also be available on YouTube. Lastly, before we say goodbye, I would like to summarize by saying... Living a life of spiritual growth, self-fulfillment and peace requires a loving nature and being open to new perspectives, including the helpful and mysterious force of grace. Take the road less travel. Taking the road less traveled isn't easy. It takes effort, will and a strong sense of discipline. Fortunately, there are tools and changes that you can add to your life to bring balance and put yourself on the path to spiritual growth and becoming the best version of yourself. Thank you.